When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Garden Report is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Garden Report, Celtics post-game edition, first one in a while. I figured Celtics played back-to-back here in Vegas. Not the most consequential roster in terms of the regular Celtics this time around, so I figured we'd group it together. Joseph Pavone's here back in Boston. I'm here in Vegas. And uh, just took it another loss for the Celtics, and I think it is indicative of, of what they have here, Josue, that they are 0-2. Uh, Jordan Wallace is trying to figure it out. Rough game today after banging knees. J.D. Davison, turnover frenzy, and he did sign a two-way deal today as well. Uh, Justin Champagny hasn't played great basketball overall here. Um, and not a ton of intrigue up and down this roster in terms of the other two-way spots. We can kick around Jay Scrub a little bit, who I know people are excited about. But overall, Josue... Where, where are you going over that from these last two games? Well, it's funny, Bobby. Because of this one, I was going to lead with Champagne because I felt like he was the one that sort of had that overall solid performance, you know, obviously here in a losing effort. But you look at his rebounding, look at the way he's able to slash and can pass a bit too. He can really stuff the stat sheet. So I think that's encouraging. But, yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot to take away in a sense of, you know, players that could you were convinced that can make an immediate impact. But you're seeing these guys, you're wondering where they're going to be at the end of the – end of the summer, going into training camp. And, and, of course, you know, after an incredible first before, or at least that first half <laughs> out of Jordan Walls, that first game, I should say, overall, I mean, four three-pointers. I mean, he made all the, 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 the first three in a row in that first quarter, really got Celtics fans excited. And I guess the scouting report was out on him in game two because the Washington Wizards, man, they didn't give him – they gave him uh, little to no space whenever he got the ball from behind the arc. And I just felt like when he, uh, when he got that injury, kind of – rocked his rhythm a bit throughout the rest of the game. So you couldn't see the whole picture, I feel like. I don't know. I feel like game one was obviously a better showing, but we'll see how he bounces back. But overall, yeah, I mean, Jay Scrub gave you some energy off the bench. But, yeah, I would think – I'd say after this game, game two, that, that Champagne was the one that, that uh, outshined the rest of the players for sure. Yeah, he's a good rebounder. Uh, scrappy defender out there. He rebounds well for his size. Uh, getting Definitely. inside – got swallowed up more in that first game. Miami had some good big men. Jordan was saying that Washington, more perimeter-oriented with their defense. They had that guy, uh, Kulabale, who I thought was great here defensively, uh, blocked Jay Scrub hard in that, sec- in that second half, I think it was, at the rim. Uh, so he's pretty impressive. And uh, Jordan, I think through two games, one good game, one bad game, you feel good because you saw the three-point shooting. You saw him hit open shots. And one thing you talked about yesterday is playing a role with this team that's going to look similar to what he would play in Boston. So I think out of all these guys, he's the most important because he can actually play for this team year one, Joe Sway, where you don't have Grant, where you don't know what you have in O'Shea set yet. Uh, and Delano Banton, we'll get to him in a minute, but I'm not even sure he's officially signed yet. And he's not healthy enough to play in summer league right now, which isn't a great sign for him. Um, but uh, there's a door for Jordan. And I'm not saying he's going to come in and play a ton of minutes this year. But 
there's room for him to play a little bit potentially yeah. there. I yeah, mean, I think why would you, why would you not sign? Why would you sign him to a uh, full full deal anyway? Otherwise, right. I mean, I, I think that's the best way to put it. I mean, I don't think he's a shoo-in for a rotation spot, but there is a path for him to get minutes, and that's obviously when you consider you know Al Horford, which we're all expecting him not to play on the second night of back-to-backs, and Rob may have some injury concern, you know, things like that, which is kind of what we've seen throughout the last couple of years. But you also see a, a, a lot of confidence out of him, if you ask me, right? Especially I see it too, one. yeah. It's just like it's it's second nature to him. And, and I feel like those are the type of guys who you don't have to worry about them being afraid of that big moment, right, Getting you know checking into the game. You just wonder how they're going to respond against NBA talent, right? I mean, that's all, obviously – always the line that people use when, when, when assessing summer league. Right. And I think for someone who was picked that late in the draft, even if he were to stick around and not spend the majority of the season in Maine would be very beneficial for someone like Jordan Walsh. Um, obviously answers a lot of the checks, a lot of the boxes of what this, uh, of what we want to see at the front court in terms of playing defense. You know, the three point shot is a, is sort of a bonus, right? Kind of what, that's not what the, uh, the sky report said, right. That was sort of the one thing where people say like, man, this guy can't shoot, but He'll do the other things where, you know, seeing him get that down in game one, some league obviously got a lot of Celtics fans excited. But overall, I, I just think you, you should take away his confidence and the fact that he, you know, he's he's not afraid of that moment. You know, at least right now he's not showing that. Yeah, and it was funny. He he was talking yesterday about how Joe and everyone in the facility were saying, shoot, shoot, shoot. He was like, I've never shot this many threes. Six threes again today. Yeah, they, like, they, they forced him. It wasn't just about encouraging him. It was like, man, they, they're forcing me to take that shot. And that's good. Yeah. That's good because I, I think that when you see his confidence and when you see him be encouraged that way, he's not going to shy away from that moment, even if it's only summer league and, you know, he's a second-round pick, you know. So that's that's good. That's good for someone who, who didn't spend a whole lot of time in college. And one thing he talked about and that you saw a little bit on the film is he can pass three assists. I think he had a back behind the back. I think the bean in this one, uh, he's got some finesse with the ball on the move, especially in transition. I actually talked to his uh, college teammate Nick Smith out here, who's playing on the Hornets, and uh, he was like, he's fun to run with in transition because you can hit him with the alley oop, or you know, he might find you for a three. There's a good fast break game to him. He fired one into the crowd on the break in this one though, and you just saw him kind of get that dejected look. I see some people in the comments are saying that he lost confidence after missing a couple early. A few of those were heaves late in the shot clock yeah um, you know he didn't Contested get the best looks too. early and yeah. i'm sure the uh i'm sure the knee hurt too after the, for a little for a little while there so i'm not too concerned about this one i do love his tenacity in the rebounding area the defense you can definitely put him on one guy and really say lock in on this guy but in this defense it's going to be about switching it's going to be about being on a string uh, and that's something we'll see into the preseason and stuff, I'm sure, when he actually gets with some of the other guys out here. But it was it was funny. He was talking about trying to get Tatum's attention with those threes. And yeah, that was funny. Uh, you know, Paul Pierce wasn't showing him much attention today. So he's still trying to prove himself. But you feel that confidence and almost a little bit of swagger from him, which I like. I, I like this guy, Joe Sway. Remember draft night? He wasn't, like, one of my top targets out here. But you watch the guy's film from college, and he's just so energetic and aggressive yeah. and you know, four fouls in this one. You have 10 fouls in these games. And he's like, yeah, I'll use all 10. You know, I'd rather use them than bring them home. Uh, so, listen, you're going to have a game like this in your summer league. It was great to see the high end of what he could do in the first game. And I'm excited about him. I think there's a reason that the Celtics treated him a little differently than second-round picks of the past. You didn't have 
volunteer events and press conferences and all of those kind of things for second round picks in the fat in the past. And, you know, you'd heard that this was a guy they liked in the first round if, if the, you know, number was there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you think about what Brad Stevens said though on, on, on draft night and, you know, it seems like even if there were guys that they were targeting for the, for the, the, the 25th pick, that they were gone, you know, and the next person that they were committed to is Jordan Walsh. I think it seemed like it was your guy, Omax, who went like a pick before. I think that's the one guy, right? That's the one guy who I think was, well, at least according to reports, that slipped through the Celtics' fingers, so to speak, right? And they say, okay, well, this is the the next version of him or the second best, you know, uh, that w- in what they're looking for, and that's. In Jordan Walsh, you, you see the comparison between the two, right? I mean, in terms of being an energy guy off the bench that could defend. You know, uh, it, aren't afraid of that moment. The, you, you could tell he has that, you know, rah-rah in him too, right? If he makes a big play, he's only can really get the guys going. And I, I think that's um, that that tells that's very telling of what the Celtics are trying to do with their in reshaping their identity, um, being tougher. You know, a, a lot of the times I felt like throughout that Miami Heat series, they were just, you know, Miami just beat them up. You know, in terms of what was it men- mentally or just in terms of physicality. I, I think he he's the guy that the Celtics want to develop and see what they get out of him. And they're very excited about that because of what he does in terms of the intangibles and just second, you know, uh, having that instinct to, to, to make plays. He just seems like that kind of, that type of guy. So you give him the reps, give him some NBA experience, and, and who knows? Who knows? He may surprise you in his rookie season. Yeah, and I'm sure he'll play some in Maine. He looks good playing off JD, who's going to be back in Maine uh, after signing a two-way, two-way today. Yeah. Uh, he, he, hasn't, he hasn't looked great. And I've – I've never been the biggest fan of him just because I think you need to set yourself up for the kind of passing he does with scoring. And, you know, he struggles to shoot, struggles to finish in the lane, going back to Alabama. Uh, some baffling turnovers in these two. Tony Dobbins is coaching the team, says, you know, he's getting a lot of assists too. So he's, he's happy about that. But the, the numbers are very high on the turnover front, and they've been some bad decisions. Uh, he's not handling pressure well. Uh, you know, you want to see him – break out of this by the end of the stretch here so i always expected him to be back on a two-way he doesn't have it of nba experience yet so i don't know how you could have given him a full roster spot at this point and you know you have four guards in front of him it's a good thing you got him back on the two-way you know no one else had that interest in giving him a full-term deal because i think the celtics if that came along for jd probably would have you know let him go pursue that and it's good that he's going to be back and developing because he's still so young you can see the flash of talent here with the passing. Um, so is he going to have room to develop and grow into the player he is uh, or will eventually come here in the NBA? I'd still lean no and say that's probably not going to happen with Boston. But you invested in him with a second-round pick. You put a lot into his development in Maine last year. So you might as well see it through. Yeah, you got to see how he responds. And facilitating is a big part of what the Celtics need out of that backcourt. That's your path to playing time any playing time, right? And I think JD, um, that's a big part of the game that he has to work on. I just felt like he was forcing the issue a lot. Uh, a lot of the passes that we saw in game one were way more smoother, right? I mean, I just felt like he was just more in flow with the team, with the offense. And I felt like against the Wizards, he was just forcing plays that just weren't, simply weren't there, right? I remember this one play where uh, he threw it inside and there was literally three Wizards players there, you know? And I just felt like, whoa, like, He's got to find a way to, you know, read defenses and know how to make switches and make changes on the fly. And I think that's a big part of his game and his development. Because like you said, I mean, he's, he's kind of limited offensively in terms of scoring. Um, he's not going to knock down a bunch of three-pointers. He can get inside. Sometimes he, he struggles with finishing, you know, 
at the rim. So facilitating is his, is his way to to earning a roster spot, you know, a permanent one. But he got the two way. I, I think he's certainly worth worth that investment. Um, spending another season in Maine, and, and who knows? You know, we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, you look at the past um, Celtics players. I mean, this was kind of a while ago, but I, I feel like. Um, that helps for a lot. It helps a lot of guys, especially someone like um, Rozier is the first one that, that pops my mind. I mean, he made vast improvements in his last year in Maine, and, and that's um, what literally led to him. Well, obviously, Kyrie Irving getting hurt as well, but getting those meaningful minutes in Boston, and maybe something similar could happen with JD. I'm not saying he'll turn into scary Terry, but um, you'd be surprised. Sometimes that one year in Maine makes all the difference, and, and obviously in this uh, Celtics in that backcourt, at least right now, the way things are. Um, they can always use some help in terms of someone that can come in, facilitate, and, and just you know calm or run the offense rather, and, and do it in a calming, calm manner where you're not, you know, stacking up turnovers coming off the bench. Yeah, uh, so he'll get his chance again in Maine this year. Probably won't see much action at all in Boston, especially if Van comes in uh, officially here. I guess it's a finger injury. Uh, they, you know, had him sit out these first two games i think he's going to play a little bit later in the week so that'll be something to look forward to in the last two or i guess three summer league games out here uh you know we won't be here for them in person but you know we'll have some videos and such as this team continues its journey out here uh starting wednesday night against the lakers i think is their next game out here um jay scrub it's what you're looking for you know the last note i'll throw out there on him because i know he is exciting some people Nice jump shot, especially from that elbow. Plays with real poise. Uh, I thought he made a few good passes tonight. We talked to him briefly yesterday, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm trying to show what I can do out here. You know, it's, it got to impress some people. And you know, you do stuff like this, you're gonna be in line for a two-way deal, especially now that teams have three of these. Uh, he's had three seasons in the NBA so far, so this would be his last two-way deal. Um, and you know, a guy like this, Joe Sway, who's more of a scorer with the ball in his hands, I don't think he's gonna help the big Celtics team in any way, but you know, he's going to fit in on that main team and however they want to develop Walsh and Davison and some of these other guys down there. It is important to have a scorer like this that you can, you know, feed the ball and, uh, you know, knock down some shots and, you know, help contribute to make that a competitive team. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you, you see a lot of, um, a lot of those, those instincts. He's not afraid to take those shots, and you you seeing you're seeing a guy who's coming from a junior college, right? And it, it shows in in some ways, you know, in terms of how raw he is, but also shows in how he's really eager for this opportunity. And like you said, this is right, he's playing it, hard right? out there. Yeah, he's playing really hard out there, and I feel like this is um, he he knows that this is a a great opportunity, if not with the Celtics, but maybe elsewhere. And um, yeah, I'm I'm curious to see how he finishes this summer league stint, right? I, I want this to continue and I want to see if he can grow, even if it's obviously only in this, you know, next three games, but how he responds from, from these two performances, I think will, will be important, you know, for, for, for him and, and of course for his future. Anything else on summer league, Josue? I uh, saw Phil Pressy today. That was fun. Pierce was at the game. I did not expect. Yeah, Paul I saw Paul. He be, was on, uh, he did a quick if interview. You question, if you question Pierce's dedication to the Celtics, July 9th summer league game in front of play like top to bottom on this roster players. He's never heard of. Uh, <laughs> I know Vegas probably helps, right? I going out to Vegas probably helps get him out here, but that was cool seeing him at the game. Yeah, man. He's just a Celtic, man. He's just a pure Celtic. And uh, I thought it was funny during his ESPN interview, they asked him not to be biased. And they're like, you know, who do you see winning the East? Uh, Chris Haynes, my boy, my guy, Chris Haynes. And he's like, 
I mean, it's the Celtic. Like he said it as like like <laughs> as if like everyone is saying the same thing. Like it's unanimous. Like the Celtic, you know, the you know, name Porzingis, obviously Tatum and Brown, stating that they both had to uh, step up as leaders, and you know, stuff that we've been talking about the last uh, month or so. I don't know if the Suns are favorites, though. Would you say that? I don't know. I don't think it's that easy. Uh, there, there are uh, other teams in the mix for sure, but hopefully Denver, this team man. isn't done. Hopefully this team isn't done. And I, I feel I like Paul wanted the to, defending champs. I feel like Paul almost wanted to say that, but he's just like, wait a minute, they, they might be done though. So let me just yeah. let me just go with what I like right now. Let me let me go with the, the the team that's that's on paper right now. And he says that Celtics are his favorites to win the East. I'm like, I don't know. Okay, yes, all right. Oh, I'm coming through. Yeah, Celtics favorites on FanDuel by a hair there. And speaking of FanDuel, uh, let's take a quick break here before we talk about a player the Celtics worked out here. They have one roster spot left, two two-way spots left. Maybe this puts them over the top. Maybe this is Yeah, will this put them over the top? Let's debate it when we get back. We'll see. All right. Uh, Celtics out here uh, doing a bunch of work, a bunch of front office personnel here, a bunch of coaches. As we said, I ran the Sam Cassell just way uh, for a few minutes. Uh, he's having a good time out here. That's my dude. How's he doing? He must be excited. He's good. He's enjoying himself out here. And, you know, I said, if Pierce and Garnett going to be around a little bit more next year with you back? He's like, yeah, you know it. So I talked to him <laughs> for a second. Um, oh, I think champ. Charles Lee's out here. Joe's out here. I haven't run into him yet. Uh, maybe we'll talk to him at practice this week or whatever. But no, Don't let Joe avoid you, Bobby. All right? Don't let him, you know. Oh, you know Brad Joe will talk him. this week. Brad will talk, stuff. but Joe, you know, don't let him get don't let him get away with that. He's got to speak yeah. to the media. I haven't seen him at the games this week. I haven't seen uh, Jalen Brown yet either, which is interesting. But we'll get to him. He was at UFC last night. Uh, not Jalen. Uh, Joe, yeah. Missoula. Yeah, which which makes sense. I mean, he's into he's in all that. I guess I should have assumed, right, yeah. So the Celtics were one of a number of teams at John Wall's private workout here. And, yes, there are a number of players out here working out, some surprising names. I saw Harry Giles, Dion Waiters, among others. They want to be in front of these teams. They want to show that they can still belong in the league. Uh, Wall did not play for much of last year. He had a awkward stint with the Clippers that they ended up shifting into Russell Westbrook, interestingly enough. Um, after, you know, moving off Wall's contract in a trade deadline deal. And uh, Wall didn't play the rest of the year. He hasn't played a lot since that Achilles tear. He hasn't looked great. But this is a guy who has passed well, uh, who it would bring a veteran presence of some sort. And I'm sure it would be in that Blake role, Joe Sway, where he wouldn't be playing a ton. Maybe he'd get some spot starts for his time and uh, show that he can still belong in this league because he is still relatively young and a guy who should still be in the NBA somewhere. Uh, but, has has really struggled to find footing since that injury. Yeah, yeah, no, he has. Um, I like the way you put that, Bobby. I, in that type of role, a uh, uh, Blake Griffin of the backcourt type of role, I don't hate it, and that's for a couple of reasons. One, Malcolm Brogdon. Um, I know Celtics fans. A lot of Celtics fans are saying, "Man, people have been really cruel about wanting him to get traded and about assets and all that stuff." But at the end of the day, his health is going to be a concern, and, and it's the same thing going into this year. I know last year it wasn't throughout the regular season, but when it mattered the most, it it was right. The Eastern Conference Finals, he just wasn't himself, and he was he was it was an injury that that plagued him, right? That that plagued his performance. So. I feel like with someone like John Wall, if something like that happens, it's like an insurance policy for him, right? You have someone that can come in there, give you some, give you points, score, you know, had that weapon off the bench that you can rely on for, I don't know, let's say 13, 15 minutes a game. 
I wouldn't mind that, but I don't think he solves in terms of what this team is looking for overall, whether it's a, a, a playmaker or someone that can um, give, come up with defensive stops. I mean, I, I just think at this stage of his career, that's just not who he is. And, um, you know, that's a void that has to be filled in some regard when you're talking about taking someone like Marcus Smart off the team, you know, I, I still, I still believe in that. So I do like it. If, if I like it in the sense of having someone that if Brogdon goes down, you have someone that can go in there and score anywhere near double digits, you know, maybe we'll put up 20 every single night, but he'll give you double digits and scoring. But I don't like him. I don't like the idea of him, you know, being like a 20 minute guy, being one of the first guys off the bench, a similar role than what we saw with the Clippers. Um, I, I wouldn't be crazy about that, to be honest. No, I wouldn't either. And I'm right there with you. I don't think there's enough left here. I think the chat's pretty down on this idea. Uh, he's a player I've liked in the past. I loved him on the Wizards. Uh, I think he deserved those opportunities with Houston and with. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, man. He was. With he the used to ball up, man. Yeah. Yeah, and he would have brought something that this team need in terms of facilitating penetration, stuff like that. And he used to be a great defender, too. But yeah, really that's what I'm saying, man. Really has been a long time since we've seen his best game, and right. you know, listen. If if they think this is the guy, and we haven't heard much on Blake and whether he's coming back this year, the door's open. I know uh, if he does want to come back, but this might be a backup plan if if Blake doesn't come back in terms of that role. And remember, Joe I was skeptical about Blake. Didn't think there was enough left. In yeah, the tank. you weren't crazy about it. Yeah, but when you gave him a whole week to ramp up, get his body right, and go hard in extra minutes in a starting role. I really love that about last year's team. That was actually one of my favorite things about last year's team was what Blake did for them. So if Wall's going to do that, um, I'm I'm for giving it a chance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and obviously they'll find out a lot more what he looks like throughout after this workout. But, yeah, if that's the type of role that they bring him on to, you know, to, to, to fill, then I, I don't hate it, you know. Um, ask pressure to guys like Peyton Pritchard and, you know, Derek White, in my opinion, should be a starter. So you're looking to see how this team is going to revamp this second unit because they somewhat have to now that Marcus is out, now that um, there's no Grant Williams. You're wondering what they're going to look like. And having someone that you can rely on to come in there and score, you know, it's, it's great, but he's not quite the same player. And that's what Brogdon is doing, right? So I, I wonder how that's going to work. Unless the Celtics are still trying to trade Brogdon, which I would think that they, if – they're listening to offers, right? If they can, they will. If it's something that they think is worth uh, exploring, but if not, I mean, that's going to be the first guy off the off the bench. And I don't know if John Wall would actually would would I don't know like help the situation. No, if you're, if you're right? counting on him, if you're counting on yeah, him, if you're counting on him to be to fill that role, and he's playing anywhere near twenty minutes, and he's one of the first ones off the bench. I don't know if that's where he's at right now in his career. You know, I, I want to see what Peyton Pritchard looks like. Uh, I want to see, you know, that, that, that yeah, I was going to say that battle for that because he's in the mix too, right? I mean, you can't forget about him. We have four hopefully, point guards in front of him. Hopefully, we'll see. Um, we'll get a we'll get a glimpse of him in Vegas, but he's he's someone who's going to challenge uh, Peyton Pritchard for that for that role for sure. All right, let's get to the big one here. Uh, Celtics. All the reporting was that once they got to Vegas, them and Jalen would sit down, get this contract done pretty quickly, and still none. Uh, nine days later after July began. I don't know if the words panic, Josue, but the alarm should be ringing on Jalen Brown and this extension. I 
don't know what's going to happen from here. I've suspected all along that they're probably weighing every option here. And I did a podcast with Sean Hyken earlier where we debated the Lily thing again. Uh, and I don't think that's going to go away as long as Lily's available here and that deal's not done. So I don't know if these two sides are going to leave Vegas with a contract this way. I haven't heard anything in that direction. Jalen hasn't been around either game so far. I know he's doing events around here and the such. Uh, his family was at the game today, his brother Quentin. Um, and, you know, Jason was at the first game. No Jason uh, here today at the second game. So I don't have a ton new on this, but the chatter's beginning out here. Everyone's wondering why this deal is not done. I'd say in terms of uh, all the conversations going on out here, number one's Lillard, of course. But number two is why why hasn't this deal gotten done with Jalen? Yeah, it's a little weird. I don't know. I feel it's like more it's than a little at this point. Yeah, that's true. It's more than a little. If they, if they leave Vegas without getting this done, then yeah, it's gonna get it's gonna get really complicated. I feel like because if you're Jalen Brown, you're like, which which direction are we going in here, right? I mean, you traded for Kristaps Porzingis. Uh, we're, we're trying to iron out this deal. I mean, we talked about it the last time we spoke, right? That negotiating is obviously part of the the process. But at what point do you say, well, you know, do you want to get this done right now or not? You know, if you're Jalen, right and is the Damian Lillard thing a factor? From Jalen, I can't help but wonder that. You know, are you are you trying to get into that? You know, are, is that a last minute thing that you're trying to pull off? Is it one of those like if we don't get in Miami, will you know? There's a lot of things that if I'm Jalen Brown, I'm thinking about in the sense of where where this team's you know where their head is at, and you wonder if he's wanting the the ultimate max. You know, that's that's obviously something that um, you know is worth considering as well. Is it a number thing? Are the Celtics trying to? Again, the, throughout the negotiating, is, is he offended? Is it something like that? That's something that um, they can't get past at this point. You wonder. But if they don't get this thing done soon, I mean, yeah, it's going to get really interesting. And, and obviously, until Damian Lillard's situation irons itself out, that's always going to be in the back of his mind. It's going to be in the back of a lot of people's mind. Are the Celtics trying to make that last-minute deal to, to prevent a team like the Miami Heat acquiring Damian Lillard? And is Jalen Brown involved or is he not involved? I don't know. It's hard to say. But obviously, when you think about, you know, what's 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 in his contract, right? I mean, the second he signs, you can't trade him for at least a year. So, obviously, everyone's going to think that when you got all these rumors swirling around uh, Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, and when a lot of this reporting coming out, it seems like it's coming from the Celtics in terms of optimism of getting the deal done. You have to wonder if it is Jalen. Is he trying to make them sweat? Is he trying to add... Uh, as much to this deal as he possibly can. I don't think it's numbers that they're debating here. I, th- I think there was generally uh, interest on both sides here in terms of doing a supermax. That was the goal all along, was getting that All-NBA so you could uh, push this number to him. And I don't think there's a huge benefit to lowballing him. In fact, now that you sent Grant Williams out, you know, you're able to use that luxury tax saving to actually give Brown this contract here. So I don't think it's a number thing. I don't think it's a salary thing. I don't think it's a contract thing. You have to ask at this point and wonder does Jalen want to lock himself in for five years with the Celtics or does he want to explore free agency next summer because this deal of course will be there next summer the Celtics do want to keep him at that point but if you're Jalen you also have to wonder if you're not going to sign an extension will this team trade you on your one-year deal here because you're risking a lot if you're the Celtics going to free agency next summer and I don't have a whole lot of new information on this saga but it's just very weird that this isn't done yeah, that could be it. Well, if you're Jalen, do you would you take it? Would you? How would you I take, take the money? 
No, no, no. I'm saying, oh, obviously. But I'm saying, how would you take it if if you saw a trade for Porzingis like that? Like, are you? Would you be like, great, like the the, the trade that helped me? Or are you thinking, wait a minute, that could be potentially another guy who you know you have to re-sign, and then me, and then Tatum. Like, do I really want to lock into this thing right now, or is this my way to get out? You know what I mean? Like, is that something it that raises would your me? eyebrow for sure, especially if he was a Marcus proponent. And I know they had their ups and downs through the years, and we yeah, talked about see, that. With but Marcus, then that's but. that's weird, though, right, Bobby? Because like, if you're if you're all in, right? If you're all in being a Celtic, and you're all in to to getting that championship with the Celtics, and, and you're like, man, we got Kristaps Porzingis. Like, do you put something out there? Are you excited? I mean, I guess that's, that's outside. Yeah, he hasn't said anything. That's outside of Jalen's character, I guess. But I don't know, man. It's so there couldn't always be any Jaylen. less. There couldn't be any less enthusiasm right now. But that's the thing, though. That's that's who he is, too. Is he's very mysterious like that, and I, you you wonder where his head is at. But yeah, I mean, you bring up a good point. I mean, maybe he wants to be wants to go through the whole ordeal of being wine and dine and talking to other teams, or is he? Is he not hearing, yeah, yeah, he's not hearing something that that's going to make him sign right away. You wonder, but um, yeah, I mean, being traded is obviously a risk. But if you're Jalen, I, I don't think you're necessarily thinking about that because if that does happen, you're like, well. Well, here we are. I guess you guys don't really want me. You know, all that talk was was wasn't genuine. You know, it was weird right from the moment he got asked at that press conference after Game Seven about negotiations this summer. It was just oh, like, that that fifteen second. Oh yeah, oh, it was. Yeah, like the 10, 12 second pause, and then I don't understand the question. Yeah, you got to be thinking about every scenario right now here with him because it's it's just it's changed. There's no other way to put it at this point. I mean, they've had almost two weeks to do this and it, it doesn't seem any closer to being done even after a full weekend of being here with them in vegas um we'll take some questions if anyone wants to toss them out any other topics or anything uh, anyone wants to add here we're gonna get out of here uh, soon i gotta eat joe sway's gotta get to bed out there on the east coast uh, oh yeah it's good to talk to you yeah i'm um, um, it was a long weekend, Josue. We're almost at the end of it here, but uh, you know, we're gonna keep the coverage going for a couple more days out here in Vegas in case anything, including the Jalen Brown deal, goes down. Uh, I'm on Grant Watch out here. That trade's not official yet, but hopefully we'll run into him out here. And uh, of course, one more sponsor break before we uh, before we wrap this here. All right, Josue. I wish we had more uh, more fanfare and topics here. You know, I thought we might have some interesting. Uh, some interesting news. No, like, people yeah. just, they've just put in their comments. They don't ask questions in this, in this show, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> or at least relevant and, ones. I mean, that's just kinda, to, just in relevant. short. Yeah. Um, Celtics do have their mid-level. Um, you can't cross this line that they're just about $2 million short of uh, and use your mid-level. So if the Celtics effectively lose their mid-level by being too close to the second apron this year, so wouldn't expect a mid-level signing from the Celtics this year. There's other penalties to crossing the sign, have to match money in trades, uh, can't add guys via sign and trade, and your draft pick in seven years can't be traded if you cross the sign. And if you go over in two out of four years, it moves to the end of the first round. So you effectively lose a first-round pick for being over the sign. Can't get buyout players either. So there's a number of yeah, penalties. You can't even, yeah, I was line. just going to say, you can't even get buyout players. Like, you yeah. can't even do the whole March thing and be like, hey, who wants to win a championship? Come to Boston. No, all that's gone. That's that's wild. Yeah, that's the second apron stuff. I'll give you this one, Josue. Is there any candidate here? I think Horford's the big one, but Horford's on the older side now. Who's replacing the toughest factor from Smart and Grant? I think it's got to be one of the Jays, to be honest with you. 
Probably Jalen. That's what they're thinking of, right? Yeah. Ahmed saying Sam Cassell. <laughs> That's a good one. He was tough. No, I'm glad. I'm glad. Actually, you know what? I'm glad that uh, we got that first question because did you did you see what um what um uh, Pat Beverly said about his conversation with Boston? Right. Yeah. I want to tell everybody. So he says that the Celtics were asking him to wait and that they were going to create space for the to offer him the the, the MLE, the mid level, and. He was like, you know, the natural Beverly form is like, nah, if they really want you, you want to do it now. So I went with the team that wants me right now. But from our perspective, it's like, well, wait a minute. Does that mean that the Southerners are dead set on, on trading Brogdon? Because Brogdon's 20 million. That's the big, that's that, that's the clog right there, right, Bobby? That, 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 that would really get them way under and they wouldn't be anywhere near that second. Maybe, neighborhood. yeah, that might have all come together there, which I wouldn't have loved. I'm not the biggest Beverly guy. I'm not crazy guy. about it either. And it's funny because before the bubble, I was I was big on Beverly, and then he started acting weird. He pushed, you know, started pushing people, and, stuff, and I was like, wait a bit. Imagine if they replaced Brogdon with Beverly. Yeah. What it made me I'm feel I'm thinking about they were replacing Smart Beverly in terms of like being that guy that. But you would have had to move Brogdon out too, as you said, to save some money there. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, right. But I mean, like, just filling that role of the guy who gets under people's so skin. Like, it seems like if I'm just piecing this together, the Clippers thing might have been Brogdon for Powell, and then you would have had enough savings there to sign Beverly too. So your backcourt would have been. But that's Beverly. the thing, Bobby. I, I think that's still a possibility, but they're waiting to see. Well, no, Beverly like, now, but yeah. Well, I mean, not Beverly, but the Clippers deal. Yeah, yeah. Like the Celtics trying to reach a deal with the Clippers that involved Brogdon because they need a second point guard, man. They need a point guard bad over there. And if this thing falls through with James Harden, you know, if that if there's no deal there, that trade for Brogdon could still be on the table because you wonder what's going to be. Well, you wonder if if a if a trade for Harden happens, there's not going to be a whole lot of pieces left, right? Those pieces that they're going to give to Philly, you know, whether it's you know, Powell or Marcus Morris or whatever combination of you know two or three guys. You know, the Celtics, I think that would help the Celtics that they could acquire someone like that, right? Whether it's a Powell or a, or Morris or someone like that. And they, they would get the staying in Philly now. So, yeah, yeah, that would open up the Clippers to a deal once again. And, you know, Celtics keep talking like Brogdon's part of the picture here. He actually called O'Shea Brissett, who they, you know, they played together when uh, they were in Indy. So, right. you know, Brogdon's still operating like he's part of this team. And it seems like they're uh, anticipating him being back next year. But it's a money thing. And if they want to create some wiggle room to add some other guys here, that might be uh, part of the you know reason for looking at Wall and some of this other stuff here. But again, I want Brogdon back as I talked about with Caitlin uh, last week. I think he fit with this team. I think he was an important voice here. He's a tough player in in many ways, uh, but the physical toughness people are looking at it's of course Horford. Brissett is going to have to contribute some of that. They lost a lot in that department, Josue, and maybe that was why they want to go out and get a Beverly there. Um, I just feel yeah. like you're gonna. I just feel like if you're if, if you bring Brogdon back, his usage rate is gonna go. It's gonna go up, right? I, I mean, this right. is gonna be sort of what we anticipated when they first got him last year, where he could finish games for you and be that facilitator and get guys the ball when they need it. So I I, I think he takes on a larger role. How that plays out in terms of his health throughout the course of the 82 game season, we'll have to wait and see. But I just think that that's that's what that's the way he's seeing things. That's the way the franchise sees sees it. If they're unable to trade him, but, right? But we'll see. All right, that's it. Uh, Celtics 0 2 here in Summer League. They're back at it on Wednesday. Uh, we might have some remote coverage of that. We'll see. Uh, and then any news that happens over the next couple of days here, I'm hanging out just way all years. 
down here. I'll keep an eye on this Jalen front. See yes, who I run let us into. Know. See who I can talk to, and uh, you know, maybe we'll maybe we'll break some news out here. Who knows? Uh, that's it for tonight. Thanks for joining us, guys. Get some dinner, Thanks Bobby. For tuning in. Uh, I'm gonna go eat. You know, we got a meet and greet open bar, Joe Sway tonight, courtesy oh, of the NBA. Man. So, Speaking my name. We're gonna go enjoy that. See you guys. Thanks for watching. Uh, Thanks, Jim guys. Walsh. Bunch of other interviews up from tonight's game as well as yesterday's. Phil Pressy talk tonight too. If you want to go check that out on the main channel and uh, check out Celtics All Access talk with Gary out here yesterday. Um, got an interview lined up on Tuesday that'll be over there. So subscribe there as well. Uh, thanks to Ahmed for producing here tonight as always, and uh, we'll see you guys.